0: Alright, how's it going everyone? Welcome to another episode of Forward Thinking Founders, where we're, lo- we're talking to founders about their companies, their visions for the future, and how the two collide. Today, I'm very excited to be talking to Mish- Mishka Baroxe, who is the founder, creator of This Code Works. Mishka, how's it going?
1: Hi Matt, thanks for having me.
0: Yeah, thanks for coming on. I appreciate you spending time again this is take two because we had an audio <laughs> problem in the first take so hopefully this one mm-hmm. it was splendidly and with the, but with that for people that didn't ever hear the first version let's kind of just go into you know what are you working on what is this code works
1: so this code works is a database of code snippets but it goes even further than database more like a user curated database of code snippets and for people who don't know how to code or aren't into programming, I sort of explain code snippets like um, blocks of Lego. So when you're building something, you have all these different pieces, and you put them all together, and you create this project. And so, code snippets sort of like um, that's what you that's what you use when you when you're coding. And so, I, what I want is to create this go-to place for code snippets for any language, which is always up to date, which has which has been submitted by users, which has been categorized by users, which is which is basically user curated. And so, um I'm hoping that this will help people who are learning how to code make it easier for them to like not only find the snippet they're searching for, but to find other snippets like that. And also people who are even been in the, uh, who've been programming for like years and years, even they might find this really useful as well. So yeah, that's what this code works is.
0: So is it something like would you say people share algorithms, or I guess for people that may not be technical? Um, can you describe what a snippet is and what the difference between maybe like a snippet is and an algorithm unless they're the same thing?
1: Yeah so a snippet can also be an algorithm. Snippet is basically a piece of code so all these projects and applications there's like hundreds and thousands of lines of code but it's not just lines and lines of code there's little blocks of code. So that one block which has a function which does that one task that's called a snippet of code.
0: Got it. And is one of the ideas that someone can come onto this code works and find a snippet they like and then use it for their own, their own product?
1: Mm -hmm. They can find like a snippet that they need, but also like it allows you to dig deeper. So sort of like how, um, when you go on Instagram and you're like, you're searching for, let's say curtains, but like when you search curtains, you see all these different hashtags and stuff and you sort of find that, oh, there's like, you know, strike curtains and like gothic curtains and like I don't know you keep what you find different categories and you sort of dig deeper into that and you find other new um, kinds of curtains and maybe different like styles and stuff and that's what I want to kind of do with code as well that it allows you to dig deeper so not only do you find the snippet you're looking for but you'll find alternatives and better solutions maybe and um like for example if you're like looking for like um like how to animate a, a button right so not only do you, you you'll search that you'll find that on this code works but then when you go there, you will find that there's this feature called boards. So you'll find other snippets, which are kind of just like that, but maybe like animating it with different colors, maybe there's something more than animation, you could do some hover effect. And so this allows you to sort of like see more than just the snippet you're looking for. So it's sort of like a tool for code discovery as well.
0: So yeah, that's so, would you say this kind of ties into, the open source movement the reason I ask is because I think some things that business people don't understand is like why developers would build software and then share it for free like under like an open source license or something like that but obviously there's a huge there's so much value to that right so um I guess yeah. first off is this kind of part of the open source movement
1: um it, it actually started more like a, as a tool just to save snippets that work for you like like it started something I created for myself. Like I had a bunch of snippets here and then I just wanted to put it all together. So it's more like for people who want to just sh- um, share something, but yeah, it does come into the open source movement because I mean, uh, who's going to take the energy to like put up snippets for free. Right. So yeah, it does, it does uh, fit into that.
0: Can you uh, give me an idea and the listeners an idea just of like what, what the open source movement is And uh, I mean, why do developers put up code snippets for free and contribute? I'm not just this, not just this company, but like there's plenty of softwares where they are communities where it's open source driven. So why do, why do developers do that?
1: Well, I mean, we all like to think that people are really, you know, um, I mean, people, um, I think it's more than, sorry, give me a minute to think over this. (laughs)
0: <laughs> no worries. I'm just pretty much really wondering like wh- like just diving more into open source, like like why does it exist pretty much?
1: Okay. So open source is I think it's more than just sharing code because um you want to help people, but it's also like help like um like even big systems like um Android, for example, is open source and it's it's for like you know, you created something, like creators of Android might have created this really good system, but they want it to become even better. And I think in in the program you realize that it's like it's, it gets better when there's more people contributing to it, and that's one really amazing thing about code that anybody can contribute to if you make it open source. And so with open source things get only get better. So one of the big advantages of open source is that when you put your uh, your your um, platform, your your um your product out there, you, you're you're actually giving the world uh, a chance to make it much better. And that's how like Linux and Ubuntu and stuff also operate. They have like these amazing features that you wouldn't think about, like in Microsoft or, or in, in Apple, because like people like me and you think, oh, wouldn't it be cool to had this feature? So they get to go and use these open source softwares and make it even better than before. So it's more like giving the world an opportunity to improve that uh, that uh, code.
0: Got it. That makes sense. So I mean why did you get started with this it's i mean i'm on the, i'm on the website now it's like pretty cool uh the, the format and i mean there's plenty of code snippets on here what was the inspiration for getting started with this
1: i think it was just like um well i was like uh learning how to code and so i was learning on my own side just realized that i was spending a lot of time like um going through past uh, projects and stuff like scraping code snippets that worked for me or like going on google and so sort of like that frustration of spending so much time searching for snippets here and there that i just wanted this place for me to save my own snippets initially but as i was developing it i realized it would be so cool if like everybody's snippets were on this and so it is quite an ambitious dream but that's what the idea was is and what i hope to realize eventually but like um it just i just want to make it easier for the next person who's learning um, whatever snippet they want they have it there and if the snippets work from they can just also add it this and you can reuse it later
0: got it yeah that's um that's awesome and be- because i mean the, the pr- it's coming together and the website it looks very different from how it looked a few months ago for the better i'd love to hear mm-hmm. i mean what makes up your time like how do you how do you know what to work on when you're working on this code works what tasks do you do you, do you spend your time on
1: um, well, initially, I would it, would it was more like what I think is best for like, you know, like it should have this feature, it should have this feature. But I realized that it's the users that dictate it. So in these past few months, I've been talking to users like every week. And so Twitter is a great resource. Reddit's a great resource. You have all these programmers that are just wasting their time. So you just message one of them and you're just like, hey, I've got this website. What do you think? And then, um, so some of them have really good feedback. I talked to people who, actually, who are actually using it, like users already on it. So they have great feedback how it could be improved. And so the whole platform is literally changed because of what users have wanted. So it, I, I'm just letting them dictate how dictate how dictate um, how it should be. And that's why it's changed so drastically in the past few months.
0: It's good, I mean, I like it so much, I mean, would you? I mean, I guess. What are your thoughts on the future? Like, I would say, what direction are you trying to move? Move uh, this code works into, and I guess, what, what's some of your your vision for it that you like that you'd like to make happen?
1: Well, well, I would like is that it's right, so existing existing um, report like right now. If you're learning how to code, there are two major places you're going to go to. So one is GitHub, where like this all these entire projects, these open source projects, you've been living on there, like any kind of project is on GitHub. And then you have Stack Overflow, which is like a Q and A website for code. And so these two are the major places you're gonna to go to when you're looking for code. I want this code works to be either replacing Stack Overflow hopefully, or maybe like um, the third piece in the puzzle. But basically this is gonna be like the, the go-to place for any kind of code. So like for any piece of code. So I'm kind of hoping this fits into like the standard um, developer tools for anybody who is coding.
0: Yeah, that's, that's awesome. I, would, I actually want to camp around developer tools for a second. Um, what are some other developer tools that are out there being developed now that, that interest you? The only reason I ask is because I, I don't know much about developer tools, but I feel like you know, they're so important. So I'd love to just get a little bit of the lay of the land um on kind of what what's going on in that in that realm
1: right well there's i mean all kinds but like um starting from the editor which is what you type in and then not only in the editor the different kinds of editors but then there's extensions in the editors which make it more easier so like you know you can even make it look pretty you can even like preview code you can so there's all kinds of developer tools to make it easier and um then this is debugging tools as well. So there is quite a large landscape. Um, but um, I think like my focus is strictly on on snippets. and not I'm not so technical to like venture into that. But I do love using that. It makes it definitely makes the job much more easier.
0: Yeah, definitely. I, I you know, speaking of developer tools, do you do you have any thoughts on what's what's going on in the no code space? in, you know, you have a lot of tools being developed to enable people to, who don't know how to code, mm-hmm. to like build basic apps. Um, do you use any no-code tools? And they're like, yeah. what are your like just that whole movement? Is that something that you like? Are yeah. you on it? Are you kind of against it? Uh, how, how do you feel about no-code?
1: Yeah, I'm, t- I'm totally for it. I think it's really good that people could finally do things themselves. They don't have to pay thousands of dollars to programmers to um, develop something as simple as a website or set up an API or something so I think it's it's really great that there's no code the no, no code movement is taking off and um, yeah I think it's really good because like and also I don't think it's going to replace programmers because even to support and if you want to go a step further or customize you're going to have to go back to programmers but at least because um, like people who are using no code most of them they're they're like small businesses or like Entrepreneurs or solo founders and stuff who don't really have the resources to hire programmers and stuff. So it actually helps them. They couldn't have hired programmers anyway. So I think it's actually helping. Um, does actually helping small businesses? Um, uh, it's actually helping small businesses. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It's it's one of those things where even me, like I don't know how to code, but I can build a pretty much like a marketplace app or a software that people can use to log in. Um, I do wonder if at some point these code, the, these tools will get so strong that they don't necessarily replace developers, but the new wave of developers don't learn to code in, in the previous sense. I, I guess, is this something that you think about with, um, with? Uh, I, well actually, like it, that brings up an interesting idea. Have you ever thought about for this code works, like eventually um, having different types of code snippets, like almost instead of actual code or JavaScript or, or like, you know, Python having, almost no code snippets, meaning like Zapier setups or things like that.
1: Yeah. I mean, I have like, uh, like even like for example, Wix is also supposed to be a whole no code solution as well. Um, setting up a website and that's also and getting snippets on the website as well. So there are like, um, yeah, it is definitely going to be supporting the no code. I see, I see a lot of people using no code snippets as well. So that will be coming on the, I, 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 I I imagine a lot of snippets will be coming to support those platforms.
0: Yeah, it's exciting. I think it's an exciting time to be in entrepreneurship and, uh, and mm-hmm. being a maker and kind of switching subjects a little bit. If I remember correctly and if I'm wrong, uh, please correct me. But um, I think the the way that I originally found out about you and heard about this code works, you know, a few months back was from uh, pioneer uh, and uh, you, you know, you were one of the players in yeah. the, in in the game is that correct Um, correct Mm -hmm. me if I'm wrong is that how we got connected
1: yeah yeah exactly Um, I was on Pioneer and uh, I just uh, attended the summit and then I think a day later we were speaking (laughs) yeah
0: yeah oh yeah Um, oh yeah you're right I remember you were talking about the summit have you I'm curious like since, since we did speak like I well, one I guess for people that don't know that are listening can you talk can you go into what Pioneer is and and how you like what this summit is that you're talking about for people that like may not understand or stay, stay in mm-hmm. touch with what's going on with Pioneer?
1: Pioneer is so so much I literally was asking the founder the other day like how do you describe it in one sentence and he was also like you know giving me a brain freeze like I can't <laughs> there's so there's so much more than okay. so basically it's at its core it's like a remote startup accelerator that's what it is, like it helps startups around the world, like like other startups like Y Combinator, sorry, sorry, other accelerators like Y Combinator, they will invite you to San Francisco and you'll be there for three months or whatever, like Pioneer lets you uh, or helps you wherever you are in the world. But there's also another aspect to it, it's like when you're um, applying for Pioneer and so applying is basically like this tournament you play and this tournament is where you like, um, you submit progress updates and you get feedback from the community. And the more progress you get, the higher you go up on the leaderboards. So there's a sort of it's a competition to get in there. So even before you get into Pioneer, you're still making a lot of progress and you're getting feedback from actual users. And so it, I think what's amazing about Pioneer is you don't have to win to win. And um, so it's, it's, it's useful for everybody. And so I was lucky enough that I, I, got, in, um, I got in like a year ago almost so um it's it's been wonderful since then um before the competition it was really helpful helping with productivity and you know user feedback and then after getting in i get to i get um got to meet all the other ambitious pioneers and so it's been pretty great for me yeah uh, it's been it's really um um it's been quite an experience
0: <laughs> and do you have any insight into where is what direction it's well actually not let's not talk about the direction like what's what's been your experience with it like so far so you played you played the tournament and you and you Mm -hmm. won um what what i guess what happened yeah after after you won and like can you update us like today on uh like are you still you know do you still have access to the network i guess like what does it look like after you've won
1: well after i won it's more like um getting in touch with the uh, with other pioneers so we have like meetups on virtually and even in person people who are like visiting around the world if you're like if you're in a city with another pioneer you'll meet a lot of people like they meet and they post and we have like this groups and stuff so we have like this channel where we can like talk to each other and reach out to each other for advice and then there's like i might you might have seen twitter they have like um they also invite like guest speakers as well so you can kind of do like an ama with them so that's also pretty interesting and uh, you get and um, you also get like um so they have these uh, like the summit is where you get to you go to silicon valley and you meet all these great entrepreneurs and so you get to meet with them and talk to them and get like expert advice like i think it's pretty incredible like when i went on, on this, uh, the summit i got to meet like um like Elad Gill, and I, get, I got to tell him, like, I've got this problem. How would you solve it if you had if this was your startup? And then he gave me really specifically good advice. So that's pretty amazing. Like, I, can't, I couldn't imagine that happening without Pioneer because I did meet him once before Pioneer, and he didn't <laughs> – he was helpful, but he gave me way better advice knowing that um, because, because of that network. So, um, yeah, so it's, it's really opened a lot, of, a lot of opportunities, not only, like, meeting other Pioneers, but also getting to talk to people, like, who um, – already have big companies you get to get like that mentorship type of advice as well and you also get to get you know um I don't know more than anything like let's say motivated and also you get to this motivated sort of dream big when you see these really big ideas that everybody's working on like no idea seems too big all of a sudden when you meet the people behind them
0: yeah I want to I want to kind of circle circle into the fact that you met Elod once before you were pioneer. You were probably, mm-hmm. you know, another person that wanted to meet him and he gave great, good feedback, but not yeah. great. But then what happened is like, yeah. you proved yourself, right? Through something like pioneer. Mm-hmm. And it almost like gave you a credential yeah. that allowed him, it might tell me if I'm wrong here, but like it almost allowed him to know that the time that he spends giving you advice is going to be high ROI, not that he's gonna get like a return financially, but he knows that you're gonna do something with it because you're kind of vetted, like you're, you're a pioneer. Um, would you say that's accurate? Um, no, Matt, um,
1: yeah. no I, I, won't, I won't say that's accurate. Like um, uh, I think the thing was that this time I had more time. The first time I met him was after like a, a talk So it was more like me um, standing with a bunch of other people in line. So there was limited time and there wasn't time to like really go deep into what it was. I got better answers this time because I had a one-on-one time with him. So this time it was nobody else, just me. So that's why I feel I got better answers. He would have given, I I imagine, like the same level of attention even before. But the thing was that time was limited and I was in the line with a bunch of other uh, people who wanted to talk to him. So I think that is, I don't think, I wouldn't say it's because of Pioneer. He took me much seriously, but because of Pioneer, I got more time to talk to him and go more in depth into my problem.
0: Do you think, so the reason I asked the question in that way is because of like the, the 21st century mm-hmm. cr- credential. Um, and I found that yeah. it, it kind of, it something that's that's a a parallel to Pioneer, in my opinion, it, Not not exactly mm-hmm. parallel, but in this sense, is like who follows you on Twitter. What I mean by that is I can go mm-hmm. to someone's Twitter account and immediately, based yeah. on who's following them, I can kind of understand what network they're in, if there's someone, you know, in my circle, not in my circle. Either way, it's fine. But it's this new, it's this new school yeah. credential. Um, do you have any thoughts on just credentials of the 21st century and, you know, what might be shifting, you know, from the power of a Harvard or Stanford or MIT credential to a Pioneer credential to a mm-hmm. YC credential to something else? Um, do you see any shift like this and have any thoughts on the credential shift?
1: yeah yeah for sure like i'm i mean like growing up it was either harvard or, or nothing right <laughs> it was like you having to have a, you have to have a university degree for something like great and now it's like the superstars are no longer people who went to fancy colleges it's people who haven't even been to colleges but who have like proven themselves in the real world and so i think like even getting that founder like even writing founder of this on your webs on your twitter profile like even that's enough to get people interested in you and yeah Pioneer or Y Combinator or anything else will instantly add an extra, you know, boost to that. Like it's it's like validating that, yeah, this is actually a good startup. Right. But, um, I think in today's day and age, it's, it's so much more easier to, um, to, um, to get ahead because you, you can prove yourself without a degree now. Like it's all about proving yourself. Like it's all about just showing that you can do something. So anybody can start a startup at this point and it's become more easier than before. Those things, um, those tools are definitely helpful, but I wouldn't pin your success on 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 getting into an accelerator like that. That's not the reason why you are going to succeed. Like I've seen founders even go to Y Combinator and even in Pioneer and stuff. It doesn't mean they're gonna they like they're gonna make it. Like it, it's it depends on the person.
0: Oh my gosh, that unlocks like a whole another bag of of worms for me because. <laughs> This, this goes into something I've been harping on literally for the last, like, 20 episodes is just the difference mm-hmm. between missionaries and mercenaries. Mercenaries pretty much being people that see business opportunities and, cap- and mm-hmm. go after them because they see dollar signs and they see, like, upside. And missionaries are people that, you know, really have an internal drive to do something interesting regardless of external factors. And, like, I didn't coin, though. That's, like, mm-hmm. not coined by me, but it's, you know, it's popularized. And what I'm finding... And what I'm realizing is I think a lot of people, there's two kinds of people that go into YC. There's the mm-hmm. missionaries who are just badass mofos that have a great product that don't care about what other people think, and YC likes that. But I think more and more it's attracting the, the, uh, the mercenaries who want the credential. They want mm-hmm. to say they went through YC, or they want to say they got Pioneer. Um, and mm-hmm. I, I, I just like – I don't necessarily know if I have a question about where I'm going, but it's just an observation. No, this
1: is interesting. Not... You're right. You're yeah. right. Cause like literally I was talking to somebody the other day who was like looking for a co-founder and they're like, I need a co-founder because I need to get into Y Combinator. Y Combinator, The chances of getting in there is higher if you have a if you have a co-founder. And I was like, well, what about your, like your product or something? It doesn't that matter? Like you're just getting a co-founder just to get into Y Combinator. And you're saying your product success depends on getting into Y Combinator. Like, what does that say about what your your idea, your project is. So yeah, for sure, I feel like there is quite a culture now that if you don't get into these things, you're not going to make it. But but at the, that the term you describe, missionaries. I think they don't care about getting in or not. They're just going to work on their product, and they're more likely to succeed as well.
0: It's. Do you think this existed 50 years ago with universities, um, like or even even 15 years ago? I mean, were there people that just wanted to get yeah. into uni just for the credential and not for, like, any other reason?
1: Yeah, because, like, these credentials in our mind, and society's mind, equals success. You go to Harvard, you know you've made it. You you got into White Combinator, you know you've made it. So it's sort of those things that, you know, if I get in here, I'm a success, right? So, yeah, for sure. But, but it's also society. Like, we all think, like, like if you don't, like, we think the only way to succeed is to be validated by an institution, and I think we're definitely moving away from that. But it's still very—it's still there. Um, it's it's still everywhere, honestly. And like, yeah, we've left Harvard, but now there's Y Combinator and Pioneer, so I, don't, I guess it doesn't go away completely.
0: So, what does someone? I mean, I'll use myself as as an example. I, you know, I, I'm probably not the best judge of this because it's my my own self. But like, I feel like I'm I'm a missionary type. I feel like I've been mercenary in the past. Like I've wanted to get into Y Combinator. I haven't like done things specifically to get in, but like I really wanted to get in just mm-hmm. for the sake. And I feel like I've shifted over the last four years. Um, but but it, it almost doesn't seem fair, right? Because, you know, I YC does look for certain types of things like co-founders, technical, big market, et cetera. And it almost seems like, could we get to a point where YC and, for, and not just YC, but Pioneer and whatever future things pop up where they don't know how to differentiate between the mercenaries and missionaries and the missionaries just like don't fit the bill because of so many mercenaries. Like, is that, is that, could that be a problem? Yeah. That deal with?
1: <laughs> I think, yeah, we, we are reaching that point. We've reached that point. It's like, like Paul Graham wrote a really good essay the other day about like, um, why college is kind of useless because college tests, because everybody's basically hacking the test. How do you get, like, how do you is that test like, you know, studying certain chapters or studying certain questions and like basically you're hacking, how do you get through the SAT or how do you, you know, get, um, an A on your exam. And I feel like the same things are happening with Y Combinator and um, even with Pioneer, I guess. I don't know about Pioneer, but but in Y Combinator, I've heard way more like, you know, you need to have a co-founder. You need to like, so, so these, these are like, you know, this is again, we're like hacking the system. How do we get ahead? And so I guess the same like that was initially before, like 15 or 50 years ago was for like university degrees. How do I get into Harvard? Oh, if I have a good SAT, if I have like volunteer work, if I, so we had to tick mark all these boxes from people we've heard about from previous success stories and now the same thing is happening in the startup world as well right
0: yeah it's it honestly is really fascinating to me because i'm not even i'm not even in san francisco i'm in phoenix arizona and so and you're not i mean correct me if i'm wrong but you're not in san francisco either right Uh, i i mean obviously yeah yeah
1: yeah, i'm yeah i'm actually in pakistan peshawar pakistan speaking from peshawar yeah (laughs)
0: Oh, actually, um, I just had someone on literally two days ago from Pakistan, too. I wonder if – do you know – you know, you know, are, you, are you, like, involved in the tech scene in Pakistan?
1: Not really. I'm kind of new on the whole – who, who did you speak to?
0: Oh, gosh. Let me, um, let me go back and check. I, I, I do wonder if you know them. I, I don't know off the top of my head, so to, I'm checking my – I'm checking my um, – uh, here we go. Uh, no, it's not Ariel. It was – sorry. Give me just a second. Was it Vidi? i don't i actually don't remember um was it vidi or david must have been here we go it was ziyad um it was safe pay have you heard of safe pay
1: no i haven't is it some fintech thing
0: yeah it's fintech it's pretty much stripe for pakistan
1: oh i could use that yeah because we don't have stripe over here
0: (laughs) yeah that's why that's probably why safe pay (laughs) exists yeah yeah, Yeah, uh, check them out i think it's it's like safe, safe com. Let me know if you want to meet them and I can like see if they want to, if I can like make an intro. Yeah, if you
1: that sounds wonderful. Yeah, yeah. In Pakistan, there is sort of like a, a tech um, scene is emerging and like um, like the, a bunch of incubators and people like the government's really recognizing like, you know, that you could make much more from a startup than, um, than maybe, um, I don't know, invigorating the economy any, any other way. So there is quite a big... Um, startup, um, scene over here.
0: I mean, speaking of startups, I, I don't know where this question came from, but I, I, all I'm thinking about is credentials right now and like what that, like what, like what that means for the future <laughs> of like just access, I guess, and making sure the right people are getting access to the right things. Um, so uh, it leads me to an obscure question where it's like, let's say, you know, this code works exits tomorrow for a billion bucks. Hypothetically, someone really sees a lot of value in it yeah. and you're given this money. And the only stipulation is you need to spend this money on another startup. You have to start something else and it has to be something not related to what you were just working on. Uh, what company would you start? Uh, uh, that, you know, yeah. What would you start in, in the world? I'm just kind of curious, kind of a weird question, but I am curious.
1: <laughs> yeah, that is interesting. Um, I don't know I think it depends on the problem at the time but I think the pro- like I think the problem we're all going to be facing at that time is definitely going to be climate change and so we're all going to be thinking of ways to solving that so maybe I don't know if if I if I did have a billion dollars I would definitely work a, like fund solutions that that were working on climate change
0: Yeah that's it's actually interesting speaking of YC maybe 2 years ago I think Sam Altman wrote a post um, about it, actually wasn't a post, it was an interactive web page, and it was just YC's pretty much flag in the ground saying, Yo, world, we're funding companies in this space because we got a world to save. And at the same thing, uh, USB uh, Union Square Ventures also just funded two of these, of these companies, uh, uh, you know, impacting uh, uh, climate change. And it's really exciting yeah. because it, it, that means like real money is getting put into solving solutions. For this like you know giant problem that we're having
1: yeah and i really hope it ho- i really hope it works out like um climate change isn't something new and people have been working on it for, i mean growing up i've always heard about climate change There's always been in like you know new tech and science say oh this will solve it and this will make water clean and this will you know replace fossil fuels but just, it's been 20 30 years and still nothing we still nothing's happened like nothing's really taken root so I don't. I mean, I wonder. Like, I, I know you spoke to, um, I think Ren, that was a car, that company that's sort of offsetting carbon yes. footprints. I see you have spoken to a bunch of founders as well. I don't understand why. Why isn't it? Why isn't? Why aren't we able to solve this by now?
0: Um, this being CO two emissions, or what? What specific? Yes. What specifically? Yeah.
1: Just ge- generally, just global warming. Yeah.
0: Well. I mean, my theory, I guess I am slightly well suited to answer because I do, I have talked to a good amount of founders in this space. I mean, it sounds like, unfortunately, to make big enough companies to solve the problem, you need money. And in this industry, money comes from either customers or investors. And uh, right now, uh, investors don't see big economic upside investing in climate change, which like in the... And that's that's obviously from kind of an outsider point of view. But I do talk to founders about this. With that said, um, I know that makes investors mm-hmm. sound bad, but they're not bad. <laughs> investors have a job, and their job yeah. is to get a return yeah. for their LPs. And and right. yes, the world needs saving, but they need to keep the, like they have a job to do. So I, I, I totally understand why their stance is where they're at. With that said, I mm-hmm. do think there are a lot of smart founders working on the problem. And I think US, with USB, uh, not leading the charge, but like taking two big bets in this space, same with YC, I think that a lot of venture capital firms will start to fund companies in this space because it will almost be, this is actually interesting, but I think it's true. It's gonna be the same thing. Like if Mark Zuckerberg, if like a billionaire doesn't give to charity, it's pretty effed up, you know, you know, it's like you're supposed to do that. And when they don't, people question, I think yeah. in 10 years, it's going to be a place where a portion of a VC's portfolio should be in this space. And if not, it's effed up. Um, and it's not the case now. And yeah. I get why it's not. But I think it will be in a decade. But I think
1: um, we're getting there because like, I think Microsoft announced like a few days ago that they're doing something for carbon emissions. And I know Stripe is even working on it on the side. So, like, bigger companies do feel like a sense of responsibility to to do something about it. And I think that's great. Like, I don't know if the public is holding it to them or if they, they themselves feel it. But the point is that we're getting to a point where bigger companies do feel some responsibility for for helping or contributing in some way. So, I mean, at least right now, there is, a, like, you know, people are talking about it and people are taking initiative. Like, if, if Sam Altman did say that they are funding, at least they're thinking about it and they are, you know, so it's, I guess it is a step in the right direction. And I really do hope it does work out. We do. <laughs> we only have this one Earth, so we do need it to stick around for a while.
0: <laughs> well, it is interesting because I do spend a lot of time thinking about, well, some time thinking about Elon Musk and um, and uh, yes. becoming an interplanet. Uh, I'm going to, this is going to sound wrong, but like, inter, is it interplanetary? What's the what's the phrase? Oh, multi Multiplanetary species, maybe it asks the phrase. And... I think the key there is it's not it's not like we're moving to Mars. It's that if we are able to get to Mars and habitate uh, and like kind of create a community there and, and live there, uh, it, it makes the chances for humans' survival, you know, huge. And what's great about that is if Mars in fifty years, which I think is a very realistic time time, time frame, is a place where anyone can go for like not very expensive, I, um, then I feel like that could also potentially be part of the solution too um which is like get some of the people off earth mm-hmm. onto mars it sounds pretty insane but i mean by 2030 we'll have yeah. people, plenty of people up there and that's only a decade away like i mean i don't know like i mean do you think that's kind of crazy yeah. to say or like, what do you think about mars
1: <laughs> no it's definitely like yeah like um definitely a a solution <laughs> so yeah it is a solution to global warming let's just leave this planet and go but it's also like an um i guess it's a it, it 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 raises a lot of other questions like who are the, who's going to escape because there's 7 billion people on this planet. Obviously 7 billion people can't go. Is it going to be the 1% that goes? Um, who gets to go? Who doesn't get to go? And to something like, and then how do you validate who like, is it good people? What defines good? Is it like, criminal records or Google further, the social media? Did you say something bad when you're 12 years old on Facebook? Does that discount you from ever leaving this planet, not going to Mars? So I think, yeah, it's interesting. It'll, it'll bring up more questions. Who, who has a right to survive um, if we do go down that ro- route? But yeah, that is interesting.
0: <laughs> I actually, I mean, I don't think that it would be escaping Earth, in my opinion. I think it would just be mm-hmm. like, it, like we, we wouldn't even have that many people on Mars, maybe a million right? Maybe 2 million, which is nothing compared to the population on earth. But it's just, right. It's just another place, you know, it, right now for me, pack a, pack like, like Israel right. or, you know, like Russia or China or av- any of these places across the, across the world, for me, like it, it seems so far away. And I feel like in, in, mm-hmm. in 50 years, um, it's like, like, I feel like the world is going to fuel, like, everything so close with, with fast-moving, uh, you know, like, hyperloops and spacecrafts and shit like that. And, like, it's, I'm going to be able to go to you in Pakistan in, like, an hour or something. And the new, the new across the world is going to be across the Milky Way. Uh, and that might be a little opportunistic. Yeah. But I'm, I'm, I'm an optimist, you know. I, can, I, I think this stuff could happen.
1: Yeah, I mean, it does seem like the natural, like um like science fiction novels from like the 18 1900s and stuff we've always been talking about humans are one day going to be like crossing on different planets and different galaxies like star trek star wars like that's what we like that's what we envisioned right the future should be like so uh, but um yes yeah, so a lot of prophecies have been to fulfill like like, like surveillance or like you know like being able to access everything from a, from from the, something in your hand. So, like, a lot of prophecies have come true. So why won't this come true? Why won't we be on other planets? So it is something to look forward to. Let's see. I, I hope it's in our lifetime. I'd love to see that.
0: Oh, yeah, it definitely will be. I mean, Elon Elon's timeline is, like, 2022, which is obviously insane. But if, if, if his yeah. timeline is 2022 to get to Mars... I mean, you got to think by at least 2025, we'll get someone up there. And if we can get someone up there, we can get two people up there. So I really think somewhere, like, I think the 2030s, the 30s and the 40s are going to be the era for Mars exploration. Actually, I should get the domain of Mars X, Mars exploration, because then I have to go up in value and, like...
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, yeah, I guess so. But, I mean, I, I, I'm also, like, positive that we... We'll, we'll work on, you know, reversing climate change over here. I mean, I'm hoping, because I feel like now it's such a big problem. It's such a pressing problem. Like, like there's no ignoring it now. So people are definitely going to be working on solving it. And so yeah. I'm, I'm really hopeful that we'll be able to reverse that. And like, yeah, like as man's natural inclination is to discover, to explore and to discover new worlds and new lands. So we will definitely, that, that thirst will never go like, you know, the thirst, the, the desire for like exploring new places so that will definitely be happening um, in the next 20 30 40 50 years <laughs> but i am also like hopeful that it doesn't come to that point that we have to like that we have to like like mars is the best solution for us
0: <laughs> uh yeah i hope it doesn't either i hope we get to a place where earth is killing it in a good way and mm-hmm. and um and mars is also killing it in a good way and we can live on two planets <laughs> anyways let's get back into this that yeah, war- that's pretty cool And uh, wrap it up Uh, two questions for you and then we'll, we'll finish out the podcast. Mm -hmm. What, what would you say has been the biggest lesson that you've learned since working on this kid works? You know, what have you learned along the way?
1: I think I've learned is that it's not what you think is what the, it's not what you think the market needs, but what it's rather the market dictates what they need. And so you do create this grand product with all these billion features and this shiny new thing. But I think that um what I've learned is that users have very specific tastes and uh, you really you really cannot predict whether they're gonna like it or not. Like the only way to to predict like I, I've have you heard of the lean startup but let's say build this like minimum viable product which is like the bare bones and then just get that out to market as soon as possible. And I remember reading that I was thinking, that's so silly. Like, you know, I wouldn't use something which is like, you know, ready to fall apart <laughs> if I if, with my experience with this has been that, yes, people will use something that's falling apart as long as it's something that they that they can use, that is something that they that, that works for them. Right. And they do there's no way of even knowing that some there will be this great product that does like, you know, will do everything. But there's actually no predicting whether they like it or not. The, the only way to know is getting it into their hands. So my, my biggest lesson is that, you know, users dictate the product, not you.
0: For sure. Yeah, makes sense. And I mean, the, the final question I have for you is you're, you're working on this company. You're making progress. You're doing good stuff. But you can always use some help along, along the way, just like, just like any founder can. And you got people listening that yeah. are here to help. They, they're, they're ready for the question. The question is... Um, do you even ask for the forward thinking founders community or, you know, just how can the, the community help you with, with what you're working on?
1: I think they could help me with um, just honestly, just getting in touch with more users. Cause I just feel like that's the real asset at this point, <laughs> just uh, get making the product as better as possible and, and just making something that users really, really want. So I think, and yeah, so since my product is mostly um, content based and it's more, it's the, the dream is to have all pretty much every code snippet that that you need to be on this platform so the more people that post on it the better that's what i really need
0: <laughs> and just true last question is like if people want to find you online or your company online mm-hmm. what what are some emails or social links or or urls where they can yeah find so you
1: can find me on yeah you can find me on twitter at this code works
0: all right well that's a wrap thanks for coming on for right, for the i feel like this one is uh is gonna be good we didn't have any technical difficulties so uh that's a great conversation about a bunch of different stuff so yeah. appreciate you coming on and best of luck yeah